All right, if you you in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, verses 6 and 7 is where I'm going to read out of tonight. It says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Come on, let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. That it's awesome, living, true, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I just ask that your word would just pinpoint where we're at tonight. Lord, I just pray uh, that something that I say tonight that I don't have in my notes that I didn't plan on saying would, would, would speak to someone in here. That, that I pray that everyone would receive and get something out of this message tonight. Holy Spirit, Lord, you are the teacher, you are the counselor, you are the comforter. So I just ask that you would use me and speak through me. That it not be my voice, but your voice there here, Lord. And give us all the grace and the strength to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, in the ever-changing world, sometimes it can be hard to stay steady. You know, to stay steadfast, to stay steady in our faith, to stay steady. Um, how many of y'all... It, it, to stay steady exercising or eating right. How many of y'all can feel my pain on that? You know, we went to a, a banquet here in Scott last night, and it's just like, you know, when you, instead of big, nice, you know, supper in front of you that's like a roast and rice dressing and, you know, beans and potato salads, just like, that's all they have to eat tonight. I don't have a choice to make a healthier choice, you know? Matter of fact, the guest speaker said, I made sure I talked to Miss Mary and everything was fat-free. He said, so I ate the whole plate, right? It's hard to stay steady when you have those kind of choices. You only have one choice, right? You, it's, you know, and that's, a, that's something that, of course, in South Louisiana, that's hard. But when, in every area of our life, sometimes let's talk about specifically in our faith, in our spiritual life. And, and Pastor Marty hit on this on someone's Sunday. I'm going to reference some of the things he said on Sunday. But, you know, there's things that will try to sway us or that will get us off track in our faith, in our way of thinking, in our way of living, in the way that we're living our lives or want to live our lives. Things like the tragedies that we saw, uh, uh, again, this week in our own town and in Vegas. You know, maybe people letting you down or or, are changing for the worse. You know, you ever had somebody that was close to you that just, man, loved the Lord, serving the Lord, was maybe loyal to you as a friend, and it just seems like overnight or over time maybe they just totally changed and went off the deep end you ever you ever was close to somebody like that and those kind of things just kind of rattle you right maybe it's people's strong cases for for that they make for their views and opinions that are different than yours that maybe kind of rattle your cage a little bit or make you second guess maybe uh, it's a prayer that seems unanswered or a promise unfulfilled you know in these two verses Paul gives us two things that we can do from prevent us from getting swayed, getting off track, maybe being wishy-washy in our faith, and then two promises that we will receive if we do them. All four of these come from being what I call rooted in relationship. It's the name of this message tonight, rooted in relationship. You know, I, I, I made a few notes, and the Lord was showing me some things a few months ago on this, and pulled them back out today and just begin to study it and just felt like this is where the Lord wanted me to go tonight. So, what should we do? Like I said, there's two things we, we need to do and then two things that we will receive from being rooted. And when I'm talking about rooted in relationship, as you see in the text, it's being rooted in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So every time you hear that, and I'm going to make that clear, hopefully, the goal is to make that clear tonight, rooted in our relationship with Christ. So what should we do? And that's actually the first point. The first and, and biggest point is, number one, let your roots grow down through your relationship with Christ. 
Colossians 2.6 says, let your roots grow down deep in him. So again, Wednesday night, most of the time, a lot of times it's some of the core people here in the church. And you may be thinking, well, Brandon, I'm rooted in the church. I'm connected. I, I've gone to growth track. I'm in a life group. Man, you might think, man, okay, I'm leading a life group. I'm doing all these things. And that's great. So you're rooted. So let me ask you this question. What the scripture says is, are your roots growing? You might be rooted, but are your roots growing? You know, we, we and I'm, I'm going to use illustrations about plants and trees tonight and whatnot, but you can have roots growing. Matter of fact, I just had the thought of somebody telling me that, you know, one time they put uh, these small trees, uh, uh, in, they were still in their, in their, like in the pots, you know, behind their, their, their shed, and they were planning on planting them, and they never got around through it, and the, the roots ended up growing, you know, uh, through the, the pots into the ground, right? Right? I mean, they were growing. Now, I'm sure he was, he could pull those out. So they were rooted, but they wasn't growing down deep enough to where they can grow out. So you may be rooted, but is your roots growing? Are you continuing to grow? Right? Just as I said about freedom, we might be living free, but there's always another level of freedom. And again, you can be connected, but just because you're connected doesn't necessarily mean that you're growing. Let, let, let's get into the Greek a little bit. I love the Greek word for roots or rooted, uh, uh, as some translation says. It says being rooted in Christ is a Greek word for um, rizzo, which means to be firmly and deeply rooted, making the object fixed, steady, stable, and strong. This is the picture of a strong tree whose roots go down deep and reach its source of nourishment. The tree is also held securely in place by the, those roots, regardless of the weather or the environmental opposition that comes against it. That continual nourishment will also protect the tree from pestilence that may try to attack it through the years. It's a big definition for that one road root, right? But that's the picture. We got to remember in the original language, that's the picture that he was painting there. And it, it, did you catch what he's saying? The Bible tells us, as Paul is telling the church, it's to be rooted in our relationship with Christ so we can be steady, stable, and strong regardless of the storms of life, the environment we're in, or the opposition that comes our way. That's the importance of being rooted in our relationship with Christ. It's great to have faith. It's great to go to church. That's all great. We're glad you're here. But you must be rooted and have roots growing deep when you face any or all of these things. Some of you might be facing all three of these tonight. We know just, the, again, the environment that we're living in, you know, in this country. You know, the climate that we're living in this country right now. And I'm not talking about the humidity, right? The spiritual climate, the, the opposition, the division, the just the hatred, the, the random acts of violence that are just, you know, it's just insane. Me and, me and you know, uh, Assistant Chief Orlando were talking about that just, just this evening. How I heard, a, you know, something on the, on the news that said, you know, this is obviously the Vegas shooting is the the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history. Well, just last year, I think it was last year, a year and a half ago, Orlando was the biggest one. So now a year later, there's another shooting that's even bigger. You know, the climate of violence and hatred and evil that is in our country. Only being rooted in a relationship with Christ, not just connected to a church or being a faithful attender of a church. It has to be, again, this personal relationship where you're spending time with the Lord and you're connected and rooted with him each and every day, right? You know, if you're going through a storm or facing opposition, this is the only thing that's going to keep you. Not only, and I'm not just talking about just getting you through the storm. I'm talking about being unwavering in the storm. I'm talking about still being strong and steady and steadfast in the storm. I don't want to just make it through. I want to, you know, be victorious through it, right? 
I don't want to just barely get by. It goes back to the difference between living life and living the abundant life, right? That's the difference is when we're rooted and rooted in our relationship with the Lord. You know, the way you're handling all of this stuff going on, whether it's what's going on in our nation, our community, maybe your personal life, the way that you are handling is a good indicator of how rooted you are in Christ and if your roots are growing. So you could do a little litmus test. You can do a little test and see, okay, if you got some crazy stuff going on in your life and your faith has been rattled and shaken and, and whatnot, it may be a good indicator. Not always. I get it. I know we all have some, some down times. But if your consistent pattern is when things get bad, you get shaken, you may want to check to see if your roots are really growing. That's a great indicator. You know, the, the, the growing roots of a tree are not only to withstand storms and attacks. They're also there for another reason as well. Listen to this. We, most of us know this. But before a fruit-producing tree reaches a time in its growth when it blossoms and bears fruit, it first sends its roots down deep into the earth so it can draw a constant source of nourishment. Then as it continues to be nourished from below, it begins to send its limbs upward and outward. During the life of that tree, it must endure the elements of every season, the heat, the cold, the sleet, the rain, and snow before it ever blossoms because those roots are deeply tapped into a continuous source of strength, nourishment, and energy. The tree is able to outlast all the seasons and eventually become a fruit-producing tree. So not only is us getting rooted and grounded in Christ to withstand or to go through storms and, and environments and, 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 and all of that, but it's so we can produce fruit, right? It's so we can produce fruit in our life. We need to be rooted in Christ so we can produce fruit in our lives. So what is fruit? Just quickly, there are one, there's, there's, a, there's a, the Bible talks about fruit a lot, but I just want to look at two of them. They're the fruits of the Spirit, and this is dealing with more of who we are. Who we are. Galatians 5, 23 and 22 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness as well. This is more dealing with when the, this kind of fruit's produced in you, this is who you are and kind of how you live out your everyday life. You ever hear people say, man, he's just, he's a patient guy, right? Man, he's, he's kind. He's, he's gentle. It's more in dealing with your character and who you are. That's some of the fruit that you begin to produce. And if you're not producing these things, the more you get rooted, the more your roots grow, the more that these things will be produced in your life. Y'all tracking with me tonight? Y'all still, y'all still here? Y'all still awake? There are also the fruits of good deeds. This is what we do. The fruits of the Spirit is more on who we are than the fruit of good deeds is what we do. James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy, the fruit of good deeds. You see that? There's the fruit of good deeds. Whenever we get rooted in Christ, we begin to act more like Christ. How Christ was loving and compassionate, would help people, would heal people, would pray for people, would feed people, right? So from, from who we are, it, 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 it outflows uh, good deeds from getting our roots going deep down uh, in the Lord. Because we're all naturally selfish, right? We're all, I'm going to just tell you, you are. Okay, you can be mad at me, but you are. <laughs> I know I am, right? Uh, I, I, I always tell people, you don't know how selfish you are until you get married. Right? Then I said, you really don't know how selfish you are until you have children. Right? Am I right? 
Especially the moms can say, right? Because when you have children, you realize they, especially when they're little, they are super needy. They need, need you to do everything. It's just like, you know, and you realize what it does, it exposes that, like you're selfish. I don't feel like doing that right now, right? You know, but the more we get rooted in our relationship with Christ, the more we act like Christ, the less we'll be selfish, we'll be more selfless, right? We'll have the fruits of the Spirit working in us. And the more we we'll want to do, you know, not only for people we should be tending to, like our family, but for perfect, perfect strangers that we don't even know. And even further, you know, when you really start producing fruit is when you start doing things for people you don't even like. Yeah, that's where, that's, that's where it's at. Yeah, that's when you know you start producing fruit in your life and you start being Christ-like. When Jesus was being killed and he said, Father, forgive them for they know that what they do. Sometimes people talk bad about us and we don't even want the Lord to forgive them. They were torturing and killing Jesus. And he said, Lord, forgive them for their life. And he wasn't the only one. We see later in Acts, Stephen was the same way. You know, Stephen was the same way. He was getting stoned and he asked the Lord not to hold this sin against them, right? Stephen was rooted in his relationship with Christ. He saw Jesus standing up at the right hand of the Father. And I believe God showed him that because he was so rooted. But he had that heart. Lord, don't, don't call down fire. Peter wanted to call down fire on the whole city, you know? Stephen's getting stoned and he said, Lord, don't hold this against them. That's a Christ-like fruit. Amen? So we need to be rooted in our relationship with Christ so we can be steady, stable, and strong, and so we can produce fruit in our lives. I love this. Remember, a tree sends its roots down deep into the earth where it can draw a constant, uh, get a constant source of strength and nourishment, right? That's what, that's what fruit, uh, I mean, roots do uh, in a tree or a plant. Listen to what it says in Colossians 2.19, just a few verses down from our main text. For he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Isn't that awesome? Obviously, our nourishment comes from the Lord. But this scripture right here is specifically talking about nourishing the body of Christ as it grows. It's not just he nourishes us individually, but he also nourishes the body so we can all grow together. So we're not just growing individually again, but we're growing together, right? One can chase a thousand, two can chase what? 10,000. If we grow together, if we're all, think about it, if we're individually being rooted in and going deeper in our relationship with Christ, how much more if we're all doing that and we come together for the purpose and plan and glory of God? Amen? So number one, we need to be rooted, Paul says, and, and let our roots grow in him, in our relationship with him. Remember, it's not just church attendance or going to life groups. All these things are great. We want you to be involved in life groups. We want you to come to church. But when we talk about relationships, y'all, it's just like, and we say it a lot, and a lot of y'all have been here. But you know, some people I look around, I've never seen you before. You just started coming to church. So uh, even, even if you've been heard this a lot, Paul says, I like to stir you up by way of reminding. I'm going to keep reminding you until as long as there's, there's time left, right? A relationship means being spending time with the Lord every day, however that looks, through prayer, Bible reading, worship. Again, any strong relationship of marriage, my wife, for, for my wife and I's marriage to be strong, I need to spend time with her. I need to communicate with her, right? Any marriage, and if you're married, it's spending time together. It's intimate, one-on-one time, communicating, talking, sharing. You know, it, it, it's that time is helping each other out, right? 
It's the same thing with the Lord. We must spend time on a daily basis, communicate with them. And, you know, sometimes you don't see sparks fly. You don't come out of like your Bible time or your reading time and always say like, man, I just had the words of heaven dripping from my Bible. Sometimes I come out and I'm like, man, I was thinking about what I was going to eat the whole time I was praying, you know. Like, right? You ever, you're, you're laughing because you, that happens to you too, right? Are you thinking about the football game? You thinking about, you might be thinking about your problems and you walk out of there some days or sometimes you're just so tired, you're like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me. You know, it's just like, there's nothing, you don't, it, you just start praying. And it just, it don't seem productive, but I want to encourage you. Pastor Ty has encouraged us with this and, and, and has encouraged me with this years ago. It's just like, hey, keep on. Make it a point to spend time with God every day. Because you know what? The anointing of God in those roots growing will compound over time. Whether you notice it or not on a daily basis or a weekly, monthly, or sometimes even yearly basis, those things begin to compound. Those roots are continuing to grow whether you know it or not. And there will be fruit that is produced from it. And when that storm does come, or the world, the truth is, the world is going to continue to get crazier. It's just reality. Even as I was praying that... When I pray for unity, really, it's hard because Jesus said that he came to actually bring a sword, that he came to bring the vision of, uh, uh, with those that are be saved and are not saved and whatnot. You know, so the world's going to get crazier. But the more rooted we are, the more stable, strong, and strengthened we can be. Amen? So that's number one. Number two is very similar, but he, Paul uses a different, a different uh, illustration, a term. He said, to build your life on the firm foundation of Christ. That's, that's my second point. That's not exactly how I said it. Number two is build your life on the firm foundation of Christ. Colossians 2.7 says, let your roots grow down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Let your lives be built on him. Now, Jesus, a lot of us are familiar with this next scripture. Jesus talked about this in the Gospels before. I'm going to read it out of Luke 6, 47. I, I read this scripture usually out of Matthew quite often or almost every time I do a wedding. But Luke 6, 47 says this. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it, stand firm. it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey it is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. You know, even though he says to build your life on him, here the concept is the same, especially I love how it says how Luke says it. He said that we must dig deep and lay the foundation on solid rock, the solid rock of his teaching, and not only hear it, but follow it, which I'll talk about in a little bit more in a few minutes. Just as the roots of a tree gotta go down deep to get their strength and nourishment, you gotta build your life on the teachings, the foundation of the word of God. And you have to go deep. Don't just stay surface. Don't just skim over and just, and just read and check off a box of the day. That's great. You know, I have a goal to read through the Bible every year, and, and I've been accomplishing that the last few years, and it's great. And I do check off boxes, so I'm, if you do that, don't, I'm not condemning you. I do it too. But, but we, you know, you need to go deep. You need to ask the Lord what he's showing you, what he wants to do. And then it's not only reading it, but it's, again, it's applying it and building. When he, okay, so let me try to explain. Building your life on the rock means applying the principles and living by the principles that you read in the Bible. The things you hear us preach on a regular basis. It's not just, hey, pastor, that was a good word. Appreciate the encouragement, but go do it. Live by these principles. That's what he means by building your life on the rock. You know, I talked to a man just the other day, and he's really concerned because somebody that's very close to him just built a house. 
And, and, you know, if you know anything about construction, when you pour a slab, you should have footings before you pour that slab, right? Well, this person didn't even put footings in the slab. And the slab that he poured was, was not that thick either. So, of course, this man was highly concerned uh, for his loved one because already the slab is beginning to crack because of the weight of the house. So, as I'm reading this, 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 this afternoon, and I'm thinking about what this man just told me, you know, it's a great illustration. You know, if our lives are not built on the, on the foundation of the word of God and we're applying it, our lives will begin to crack from the weight of life. When the weight of life hits you from all the, the, the craziness that goes on, our lives will begin to crack. And Jesus says it even further. He said that, you know what, our lives can turn into a heap of ruins. You can ruin your life by not building it on the principles of the word of God. You can literally ruin your life. You know, and I just want to encourage you, no matter how long you've been saved and how long you've been in church, you know, I hope, don't check out on me here. Continue. If you've been, that's great. You might have been, you may have been doing point two for 25 years now, and that's awesome. I want to encourage you tonight to keep on doing it. Keep building, right? Don't, don't say, well, this house is good enough. I'm going to start building on the sand, like you said, or, or like this guy didn't even put footings in put like a, you know, three-foot slab or whatever it was, very thin, and has a big house on that. Let's not be like that, right? Let's build our lives, which means apply the principles of the Word of God to your life. Have the worldview, so to speak, the mindset that what the Bible teaches is the way I should live my life, live it out. It should be the compass of the decisions that I make, right? No matter what people say on TV or my friends say at work or, you know, what the government says and what's right and what's wrong is politically correct or what we should be doing, the principles of the Word of God, applying that and living by that is how you build your life on the firm foundation of Christ. Amen? Okay, so now that we looked at the two things we should do, let's look at the two promises that will come if we get rooted in our relationship and build our life on the rock. Number one, he says our faith will grow strong. Our faith will grow strong. Okay, now you might be thinking, well, that, that, that makes sense. Look at Colossians 2, uh, 2, 7. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. See, just as a tree will grow strong from having a great root system, you will grow strong in your faith from being rooted in your relationship with the Lord. So, sounds pretty simple. You know, Pastor Marty, you know, talked about this a little bit on Sunday uh, about the church being the pillar and the foundation of the truth. He, he read from this scripture in 1 Timothy 3.15. He says, this is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. And he talked about this Sunday. But, but follow me here. Follow me here. Th th this may be a misconception for a lot of believers. Notice it's not just being taught the truth that grows your faith. Just being taught it doesn't grow your faith. Because look at what Colossians 2.7 says. It says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. You see that? Then means after. Well, after what? Well, let's read the passage again. Colossians 2.7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you have been taught. So listen, it's not just being taught the word of God that will grow your faith. And you may be like me. I thought, well, Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it does. Faith comes that way, but faith doesn't grow that way. You tracking with me? Faith can come by hearing messages over and over and over again, but your faith is not going to grow until you're rooted in your relationship with Christ. That's what Paul says. That's why he says that then your faith will grow. 
once you get your life rooted in him. So, you know, again, faith comes by hearing. When we hear the word of God preached, that's great. And you, you know, but you can hear the word of God preached and you can hear some secular philosophy, philosophy preached just as much or more. And it could kind of sway your faith just from hearing two things, right? But if you're rooted, it goes back, if you're rooted in your relationship with the Lord, if you know him personally, if you're spending time with him personally, the, the greatest philosopher in the world can come sit down with me. And I'm not saying this from bragging, but I've experienced Jesus personally. It don't matter what you tell me, how you try to dissect or disprove the Bible. I know what's happened in my life cannot be disproved, Right? I know how God continues to reveal himself to me and my family in this church and our community and how I was born again and, and delivered from drugs and alcohol and depression and, and all this crazy stuff. There's, there's nobody that can tell me different, but it's because I've experienced God through a deep rooted relationship with him. Now I gotta continue to grow. I need to, I'm working on this just as I'm telling you, but, but just remember, this is how our faith grows. Our faith comes from hearing the word of God, but it only grows after Paul says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Y'all tracking with me? So the more you get rooted, the more then you will begin to grow in that truth that you are taught. And then the second thing he says is that we will overflow with thanksgiving. Colossians 2, 7. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You know, when you're rooted in your relationship with Christ, you will always see things to be thankful for. You know, I almost put you will always find things to be thankful for. But I believe this. When you're rooted in your relationship with Christ, you don't have to look. You don't have to find things. You'll just see things. You'll notice things. Sometimes like, man, it's, I got I to gotta really just find. But you know what? Man, we, every day we have stuff to be thankful for. Honestly, and I'm not, I don't have this down pat again. But the truth is, is that we don't have to look too far to be thankful for something, Right? Even, I mean, even in the midst of tragedies, even in the midst of stuff, there's things that we can be thankful for, right? I remember for me, like, just going back to, you know, when my dad died, I remember watching a movie one time, and it really helped me because you would have regrets, and if what if this, what if that? And I remember somebody saying, man, instead of wondering, and this might help somebody tonight, if you've lost a loved one recently, and, and, and by the way, if you have, we have grief shared. It just started last Wednesday, their meeting tonight, but you can jump in next week. If you've been struggling with grief and you lost a loved one recently or it's been a while, but you're still struggling. You can jump in a grief share next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. They'd love to have you, and they would really help you out. But, you know, I remember thinking and hearing somebody saying that instead of being sad or, or, or wishing you had more time, be thankful for the 19 years that you had with them. Right? Because I have friends. One of them comes to this church now. I was talking to him last Wednesday night. His wife and him and his wife are actually in grief share. They, they lost their son tragically. Three-year-old son drowned a few years ago. And... You know, and he talked about how my dad was more of a dad than that the only dad he really knew because he didn't know his dad. His dad's still alive today, but he said, man, I learned to shave from watching your dad shave. So you see, when I hear things like that, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm thankful that I had my dad in my home for 19 years. When you have one of my best friends that he, his dad is still alive today, but never had that relationship with him. So that's just an example of we don't have to look too far to be thankful for things. See, and being rooted in, 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 in building your life it don't even say you'll be thankful. Actually, it says that you will overflow. You see that? It says you will overflow with thankfulness. Put that scripture back up, Doug, in, sec in Colossians. It says, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So that, again, that, that doesn't lend to like I have to go find something. It's just an overflow that, man, I'm just thankful. 
I'm thankful for who the Lord is. I'm thankful for how good God is. We get Again, we got to remember God is still good no matter what. It's his character to be good. We can't use circumstances to determine God's goodness. He's good, period. Right? His, it's in his character. He cannot lie. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at what Paul said in the next chapter of Colossians in two consecutive verses, Colossians 3, 15 and 16. He says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all his richness richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives you. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart. Now, I believe Paul knew that they would be able to do this if they were rooted in the relationship that he encouraged them to do earlier in the letter, right? He just encouraged them to do this, and now he's telling them, hey, look, you should be able to be thankful. If you do what I'm encouraging you to do, if you get rooted in your relationship and build your life on him, you should be able to do this. And guess what? Me and you will be able to do it as well, right? And in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We can overflow with thankfulness in any circumstance we find ourselves in if we get rooted in our relationship with Jesus and build our lives on his firm foundation. You know, as I close, you know, as I've been talking about this and being rooted in the relationship with Christ, you know, there may be some of you in here that you haven't even started a relationship with the Lord yet. You haven't even you're not exactly sure what I'm talking about and, and how that even works, you know, being rooted, being grounded, you know, or, or, or being, you know, letting your roots grow down deep, you know, because you don't, you really don't know the Lord. Maybe you come to church, maybe you attend church, but you really don't have a relationship with the Lord. You know, maybe know about God. Again, you know, the, 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 the four steps of the journey. Number one is to know God. And when we say know God, we want you to know God in an intimate way. We want you not just know about him, but we want you to know him, who he is and and how he loves you and how he sent his son to die on the cross for you, that you could get rooted and knowing him and and, and live that abundant life that we were talking about earlier. You know, you know, there's one thing about just going through life and barely making it. But the Lord wants us to have an abundant life. That doesn't mean you'll never have problems. It don't mean you won't have hardships. We still do. All of us still have problems. But the Lord promises that he would be with us every step of the way. But, you know, the Bible says that we all have sin in our life and that sin has separated us from God. But God loves us so much that he made a way, even though we messed up in sin, he made a way by sending his only son to die on the cross for us to reconcile us, to bring us back together through his son, Jesus. The Bible says if we would confess our sins and believe in Jesus, which means to trust the Lord, to save us and to forgive us, that we can start a relationship with him here on earth and also spend eternity with him in heaven. So do me a favor, if you don't mind, every head bowed, every eye closed as we, as we close up. If you say, you know what, Brandon, as you say that, man, I'm not sure if I'm right with God. You know, y'all, and I'm not using a, just a, as a ploy or manipulation, but it's just reality. And, and just as I did Friday night when, when he told a story, God forbid, what if we were in that crowd in Las Vegas or a crowd like that and someone opened fire and you didn't make it out that crowd? Again, I'm not trying to play on this tragedy and I'm not trying to scare you or manipulate you, but this is the world we live in now. What if you were in that crowd and you didn't make it out that night? Where would you be spending eternity right now? 
where would you be at right now? If you don't mind, nobody looking around, just, just think about that. Bow your head with me, please. Just out of respect for others and reverence for the Lord. And if you don't mind, just let everybody just take a minute to think about that. Where would you be spending eternity? Because you know what? There's no holding place, y'all. The Bible says that it's appointed for people to die one time, and after that comes judgment. Like that, we're going to have to stand before the Lord. Paul says, absent of the body is present with the Lord. So that means instantly when we die, we're going to cross over into eternity. So again, if this was your last night here on earth, would you be for sure, would you know for sure you would spend eternity in heaven? Or would you spend eternity in hell separated from a loving God that wants you to be in a relationship with him? If you're not sure, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure. God forbid, I hope no, no, none of us ever have to go through something like that. But if you say, I'm not sure, but I want to be sure tonight. I need to be forgiven of my sins, and I, need, I want to start a relationship with Christ. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Nobody's looking around. I just want to pray for you, if that's you. I see your hand over here, ma'am. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? If you're not sure, tonight's the night. Again, guys, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I see your hand over here. On this side, see two hands up over here. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, man, I want to make sure. I, I, I want to I be right with the Lord. I see y'all hands, ladies. If there's anybody else, if not, we're going to pray together. I was once like you. I came down this same altar and stood at this very stage over 15 years ago on a Wednesday night, just like tonight, and I responded just like y'all doing. So God bless y'all. Anybody else? Best decision I ever made in my life. Okay, for you ladies that raise your hand, the rest of us, we're going to pray together. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And so I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer. And you don't have to pray it exactly, but pray something like this. We're all going to pray together. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that you love me. And I know that you died for me. Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Lord, I ask that you would save me right now. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, help me to be rooted in a relationship with you. Lord, show me how to spend time with you. Show me how to recognize your voice. I want to live for you, Lord, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. That's a bold decision that they made tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. Hey, y'all do me a favor, ladies. Before y'all leave this, this evening, take about 30 seconds. If you notice, there's a pew, a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Do me a favor. Fill out that card. You can just bring it to somebody in the lobby, in the info center. And we want to help you. We, we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you some resources to help you get started. You can bring it to us up here if you have any questions of what's the next step. And we encourage you to jump into the growth track. But we want to help you on this journey alone, okay? For the rest of us, you know, Maybe you've been getting swayed. Maybe you've kind of gotten off track, so to speak. And, and maybe it's not so much like outwardly, like you're not off track, you know, when it comes to coming to church and going to life group and doing stuff. But maybe just, you know, like faith-wise in your mind, the way you think about things, the way you pray about things, maybe things have rattled you. You know, maybe you've been a little wishy-washy in your faith. You know, I want to encourage you to get back rooted. And let your roots grow down deep in him. And again, the best way I know how to do that is by spending daily time with him. But we'd be willing to pray with you tonight. We'd love to pray with you and to help you along the way. And again, guys, listen, one of the best ways that you can 
jumpstart that relationship or getting back rooted. Sometimes it's hard for us to really have a good relationship with the Lord because there's things that are blocking us. There's things that are hindering us from the Lord and we don't quite know how to get around them. The Freedom Weekend in a couple of weeks will help you with that. Something that this, this, this weekend is going to help you with things that have, that have blocked us and we're not quite sure. Maybe you're praying and you're reading, you're doing everything I'm telling you, you've been doing it, but you're in a rut. You're, you're in a rut or you're discouraged and you're not quite sure. For those of you that just made a decision or recommitted your life, listen, the Freedom Weekend has something for everybody. And I, and I promise you, it's going to help you. It's going to help you to go deeper, to get further rooted. So we encourage you to be a part of that weekend. Let's go ahead and close in prayer and I'll dismiss you. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the souls that were saved, the people whose eternity just got changed a few minutes ago. Lord, I just rejoice with them and remember 15 years ago in the same building, my life totally radically getting transformed. And I just rejoice with them as the angels are rejoicing and throwing a party in heaven as your word says. Lord, I pray for all of us that we continue to go, allow our roots to grow deeper in you, that we continue to build our lives on the principles of your word and being empowered by your spirit. Holy Spirit, I know that you don't want us to try to do this on our own. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us the grace and the strength to do this. Lord, you said we can do all things through you, Christ Jesus, who gives us strength. So give us the grace and the strength to live this out, to not be shaken, to not be dismayed, but to be strong, steady, steadfast, Lord God. And in what we think in our faith, Lord God, and, and what we do, Lord God, help our faith to grow each and every day, Lord God, that we can be a strong witness, Lord God, for you in the midst of all the craziness around us. Lord, I pray your blessing, your grace, and your protection upon everyone here tonight as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here to pray with you. Y'all have a wonderful evening and a great rest of the week.